0: Hello ladies and gents and welcome to episode number 45 of the KDH podcast podcast. Hope we're doing well. So today we're joined by Joe Parish. How are you doing man? I'm well thank you my friend. How are you? I'm very very well um, and I think this podcast is suitably named Building Unstoppable Energy and Confidence with Joe Parish. I've been following Joe for A good few months now and then obviously reached out connected recently and that is what you're well and truly known for high energy confidence through the roof and it's definitely what you do as well man so yes um i'm doing brilliant i've been looking forward to for this today as well so to give everyone a bit of an insight joe like what's your story and what are you doing now just to give us a bit of an insight because i'd be interested to hear as well uh,
1: incredible. OK, listen, I get asked this quite a bit and I'm always thinking about how can I be as short and as condensed as possible, but then not miss out the missing pieces. So I will try and keep this as short and as condensed as possible without missing the key pieces, without trying to go on. Uh, so for me, uh basically always had an aspiration and a dream of wanting to be a professional footballer. Uh, that kind of came true when I was 16, ended up leaving home, moved to the southwest of uh, oh, the south coast of England, sorry, to talk United. Uh, Played for two years there. Fundamentally, mate, um, I wasn't good enough. Uh, I spent more time uh, looking forward to going to the gym of an evening to uh, do chest and biceps and then sit in the jacuzzi with uh, my Holland and Barrett protein shake than I did actually just wanting to play football at that moment in time. So uh, two years, uh, it was an incredible experience. Came away, didn't get a contract. I uh, went to some exit trials, uh, got picked up to move to Scotland, uh, which is basically where I am just now, uh, on a scholarship at the University of Stirling. So I uh, played football a touch, uh, spent more time in the gym training and getting after it and uh, basically injuries and also not being good enough and probably going out and getting drunk and everything else that you do at uni uh, led to obviously my football career just slowly starting to slide away. Um, I then ended up spending more time and effort and energy uh, in the University of Stirling sporting excellence facility. And uh, pretty much then coached everybody from Betty and co like 50 plus stretch and tone classes, which to this day is still the worst, the worst experience I mean like the hardest experience of my life the toughest crowd that I think I've ever had to coach me listening to 60s music with pink thermobands behind a chair. (laughs) singing and dancing away that was still yeah the most fearful moment that I've ever had to date um to then working with some of the very best kind of athletes uh competing obviously on the highest levels uh to delivering personal training courses to uh, lecturing to coaching and uh, basically spent so much time just investing and engrossing all of my energy into that I decided that I was going to compete uh, still on stage in 2014 and uh, then basically like the online coaching business kind of took off because I was coaching in the gym at the moment at that moment in time so um I wasn't able to now coach all of these people because I was contracted by the university whilst I was doing my degree and then this kind of like hobby of coaching and writing things on Facebook and everything else came into fruition and people started wanting to pay me uh, did my degree uh, worked in the University of Sterling worked with everybody It was amazing uh, and then left uni and well everyone else was getting a real job um, that's what my stepdad would call it anyway. And uh, he was obviously telling me about like, I need to go and get a real job, but I was doing all right with this online coaching stuff. I was still coaching the American football team uh, in the strength conditioning realm. I was doing a little bit of lecturing, so I thought I'm just going to continue on with that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, fast forward kind of four or five years, mate, and uh, basically built Team J Physique, which was a, a kind of coaching company that had other coaches that were involved, left that, and uh, now basically spend my time coaching coaches, uh, fundamentally because... During that period and throughout that phase, uh, I've built an incredible physique and I completely neglected my business. I built a phenomenal business, completely neglected my physique. Uh, and then I had built an incredible physique and I had a pretty uh, well, um, highly profitable, successful, impactful business. And my partner thought that I was a complete so um it was so which is basically now why i'm the coach's coach helping uh, ambitious coaches supercharge their energy and really give them the opportunity to grow and expand and explore what they now believe is possible across body business brain and balance because i know exactly what it's like having all these different roles and responsibilities what it's like to feel burnout and everything else so that's kind of like my journey and my story um i've done an abundance of other kind of weird and wonderful endurance things in that time
0: uh, and that's pretty much me today dude no, mate. thank you very much. It's interesting to hear it. I like how like you kind of land somewhere because I was just saying before then, I, knew, I thought you were from Scotland just from seeing some of your training footage and, and where you go about and all that. And then obviously just see, seeing you online and I just assumed that. So it's funny how you just end up in different places as well. Yeah. In regards to um, where I actually, I just remembered where I actually, when I actually followed you for the first time, Joe, and it was on um, uh, Chris Bradley's, one of his events, Uh, last year uh, fitness thrive and one of the things you spoke about was that body balance business uh and there's a fourth one brain brain that's it yeah and we were just talking about it before it and it's such an amazing thing and it's something i talk to clients about all the time like every week when we're checking in is that one week you will nail down one thing and then the next week you'll nail down another thing then you do it then you hit like i've nailed down all four then all of a sudden, as you said already, like the two points when your physique and things are going great with your mindset, then you look at, but I've got no life. Do you know what I mean like I've got? And we were just having the conversation before this as well in regards to it's only in the past couple of weeks that I've really felt like that as well because for like a two month period I went through that transition with my business, took off online, my training, and then I was just forgetting about mind like i was just literally and it's, it's trying to get that right and it's a i remember when you spoke about that because there's a quite a lot of um i know um i know that jamie alderton speaks about a similar thing as well body brain and business similar concept as well and it is just breaking that down into these sort of three four areas that then allow you to just focus on it because i think sometimes you can forget about yourself and you can over complicate things as well but it's always nice to know as well that even someone like me or you, we are still going through this journey as well, where it's like you ne- it never finishes by any means. You know I mean, you're always trying to nail everything down as much as you can. It's a never-ending process as well. So it's always interesting to hear that when you have followed someone for a while and then you kind of know the sort of outer story, but you don't know the sort of innards to how someone kind of gets somewhere. So talk to me a bit more about endurance sports. So obviously I love that background as well, because it's a similar background to what I'm doing as well what was it that kind of pushed you towards doing the sort of endurance and what, what's your, I know that you're doing, I've put in a question about like a triathlon. It's a, a hell of a triathlon you're doing. What are you doing right now? And what's your sort of, how did you get into that? Uh, so
1: like for me coming away from football, I obviously lost my identity for quite a period of time and then got into like the physique development world and basically stood on stage in my pants with fake tan and pose for uh, a few years. And again, taught me hell of a lot was incredible, but The big thing for me was that I almost realized that like physically, mentally, emotionally, I'm probably in the best place that I'm now ever going to be. And and bodybuilding and competing gave me so much and uh, gave me so much awareness and taught me so much in terms of like discipline and all those good things. But just realized that, you know, I wasn't destined to be a professional bodybuilder. I knew I had so much more than that and to kind of coin well, essentially, I wanted to be more of an instrument and not an ornament and wanted to be able to really kind of challenge myself and experience, you know, what was I really truly capable of and also have this kind of ethos and thought process that I've taken from um, seven habits of highly Effective uh, people, which is this kind of statement of start with the end in mind, like I want to be able to get to the end of uh, my life and look back and go, yeah, that's pretty that was pretty cool that, that you did that. It was pretty cool that you experienced that, and you kind of were really tested in those moments. So, um, in 2018, one of my clients actually had been diagnosed with um, leukemia. Um, and I remember uh, kind of being sat on a hospital bed, and I was like, "Yeah, hey, do you know what? I feel like I've got so much more, like that I can give and I can do." Um, that it's of course, got selfish desires behind it, but then there's a selfless purpose. Um, as well. And it's really about kind of seeing how far I can take myself. And I just made that commitment then that I wanted, I don't know why I wanted to do John end Ender Cycle. I think I said to you before this, like I've been on a bike since I did my paper round when I was, you know, 14. Uh, and so ended up then basically just kind of pursuing that. It was uh, the greatest experience of my life, like hands down, like the, one of the most fulfilling, enjoyable, challenging experiences and things that I've ever done. Um, and then obviously off the back of that, it's just like, well, okay, well, how can I continue to explore this further? And uh, how can I continue to then really have more of these experiences? And how can I really look inwardly and start to ask myself? Yeah. Okay.
0: Did you, yeah. And, or did Have you ever had this moment? Like I've had it as well. I've done a lot of different mad things and, you just get this moment of realization, where you go, This never fucking ends. <laughs> like, whereas, and I'm not saying bodybuilding ends, I'm totally not, but I think, you know, like it's one of those things when it comes to discovering your fitness and your potential, there is an absolute unlimited amount. And it is the same way that like bodybuilding strength, but I get what you mean that all the minute an instrument sort of the Ross Edgeley quote, like it's so true though, because you do get this sort of moment in clarity sometimes when you go, God, this is and I've had it in things where I've done something really hard and went, Oh man, there's another thing coming. But it's a strange enjoyment of fulfillment that you get as well. And I think when you do any sort of endurance sport, you have to have a hell of a lot, a hell of a lot of conviction in yourself. And a good example is this it was yesterday when I was stood in the pool. There's an old, there's a I say old, there's probably in the 60s that goes to swimming and she was there when I started in November and obviously the pool shut and just reopened again and she was back in and she's asked her the other day I haven't actually spoke to her I was like how long have you been swimming for and she was like god all my life just the way she's you know I mean. you see people in the water you just know they're like a half fish and I was talking to her and she was like oh and she made a comment to me a while ago when I was wearing my garment around my chest she was like I'll look at you like sort of like giving it big licks and I was like oh man I'm such a novice and she turned and said to me the other day, like, oh, what are you doing? And she obviously looks at the way I swim in that. And I was like, I'm doing an Ironman. And she was like, like shocked by it. But I was sitting laughing because I get that that's the sort of where I'm at right now. I'm not a, I'm not an advanced swimmer. Like, I'm really not. I'm going to probably end up doing this sort of 90 to 100 minute swim on the day of the Ironman. It's not going to be anything exceptionally fast. <laughs> I, I get that. I'm new to swimming. But at the same time, if I didn't have that conviction in myself to know that I'm going to be stood there on the 22nd of August, then I, like that would shatter you. And I think it's you have to have, and I know that we're going to come on to talk about confidence and you have to have that belief in yourself that you can do it because at the end of the day, the only person stopping you from actually achieving something when it comes to doing a big endeavor with your fitness, your life, your business is you. So if you don't have that actual belief in yourself, and I can imagine you've probably experienced that quite a lot as well, Joe, with all these big challenges you've got going on.
1: I think it's one of those things, mate. I think it's, it's about how you can absolutely, you know, if you look at it in the grand scheme of things and you look at, right, okay, this is where I am right now. And this is where I've got to be. That can be pretty monumental and pretty scary. your brain can't compartmentalize it and almost can't like digest it and break it down. And then I think it's just that ability to ask yourself, right. Okay. Number one, have I done the work? Number two, uh, what is the simplest, easiest thing that I now need to do? Uh, And how can I break this process down into the most easily digestible chunk possible, which is, Usually, can I put one foot in front of the other or can I pedal one stroke after another or can I put another arm over my head uh, and and kick my feet in order for me to be able to continue to build that momentum and that's really what it's about and I think that's a massive kind of analogy for life is that there's always this thought of like where you could be where you should be where you want to be where you're not yet. Um, And I think the thought process of that can crumble you if you don't control it. And it's just then about how can you live and operate within that kind of one meter squared um, and that thought process of what's important now, what is the easiest, simplest thing that I now know that I need to do in order for me to keep going, which is, yeah, often just, am I still capable of putting one foot in front of the other? And if you can just operate that mentality and, then that allows you then to because that's going to be the thing that's going to help you build the confidence that will then compound on the oil and accumulate that then makes the bigger thing not seem so big and yeah it's just all these little strategies and frameworks that you use but 100% know exactly um, what you mean exactly where you're coming from with regards to yeah the thought process around that.
0: Yeah and I was actually talking to my clients about this last night and I was talking to them about like who it was talking about questioning the process because I was talking about being completely process focused and not outcome focused and and it's a journey of building up enough self-awareness so you know exactly where you're at. And I was basically talking about who questions the process. One of my clients was just like, every fucking day, every single day, every moment, every time. And you'll be listening to this podcast laugh, laughing when, we, when I play this, when it's played back. And it is so true. And I was like, do I know the truth as well? I was like, I do it all the time as well. And I was like, and then some days I don't do it. And then some days you do. And it's just like this. And I think especially with, Endurance sport and that's what we were talking about last night and i was talking about i've got a lot of people in my community like that are wanting to get fit and strong like yourself building a lot of hybrids like that sort of cross and i don't think you experience that questioning process as much with resistance training because there is so much like there's so much you can sit and assess let's say you do eight reps you can sit afterwards and think about how that went But if you're in doing an hour of training or two hours of training and you don't feel good for the first five minutes of it, it can really set the tone for the rest of it. So I think that's one of the things that I actually opened up about and I was talking to you about this before and I was talking into my community as well. Like I was really questioning the full Ironman process at the weekend, but it was really down to the fact that my energy was in other areas. Like I focused about moving house, training literally my, moving my business all these different things and as a result of it it just became it was becoming like what i was seeing it like like a chore like a task like it wasn't and i had a word of myself on sunday night and then it just it was like enjoy it enjoy the experience and i had this conversation with my client today and what you were saying about the john growth cycle land entered you want to grow so what what way did you do it sorry oh, I, I did john Groats
1: to land mate. Okay, downhill yeah. is it downhill so i've got a god that, that was that was a rationale behind it mate
0: <laughs> that's what i'd probably do as well yeah. um and you would have thought you think back to all the positives of that but there would have been so many gritty times throughout it But one of the things i say to clients now as well and anyone that's doing anything that's really really is i'm just enjoy it and i had to tell my i had to have a word with myself on sunday and just say what are you doing you are and it's just putting yourself into these shoes and that but that was the longest I'd ever experienced that focus it was probably three or four weeks of questioning everything and I don't I just, and I felt like it was clashing against my identity because it kind of went against everything I stood for and it it also put me in place and when you're not you're not as big as you think you are sometimes do you know what I mean you are just like so it was a good wee reminder as well so I'm, I'm happy it happened as well so what's this triathlon that you're doing This, this most recent triathlon talk about that <laughs> um, so last July I was uh just kind of sat in the garden as you do,
1: uh and myself. And I was just thinking once again, you know, that thought process of uh, what can I now do? The reality is, you know, you can lift and you can train and you can look great at the beach with your top off and everything else. And like, I've, I've kind of had those goals and those aspirations I worked towards before. Again, you can now focus on like career focus metrics, which I've done for a long period of time. And again, like that provides you with an immense amount of fulfillment that allows you to impact and transform and really have a positive, uh, like influence on so many other people uh, with a belief and the confidence that you can instill with them. Um, and then I was just thinking, yeah, like I've got so much more to give. And again, came back down to that start with the end in mind. Like when I now look back and reflect upon like my life and what I've experienced and what I've been through, uh, what do I want to say that I've done, or how do I now want to kind of challenge myself, and uh, how can I now really start to learn more about myself? And I think just doing something like that gives you that experience and that opportunity. So um, I was uh, actually coaching Mark Rhodes at the time; uh, he was one of my clients, and then uh, we've obviously since parted ways as client coach because. It wasn't going to be a good good relationship then moving forwards, and we've now just become you know very good friends and uh i basically just said to him listen dude i'm thinking about doing something weird and wonderful do you fancy it he's like yep so we basically sat down basically honestly just got google maps up on a zoom call and we we're like right what should we do um and then kind of it started to kind of grow from there which is basically now going to consist of um cycling from John O'Groats to dover which is 850 miles uh we've then uh got a 21 mile channel crossing swim, um, which is going to be dependent upon You've got to go in flight. So we've obviously got to get a support crew and everything else. So we are going to be the second flight. So it might be like the day or two after. It's just going to be, it's out with our controller, depending upon the tide and the weather and all those things. Uh, and then we get to, so basically swim the channel, which is 21 miles. If you go the quick way around, then you get the tides right. If you go the wrong way, I think there's a woman that's done it in 66 miles because she got the tides completely wrong. Um, So she had to swim obviously pretty much three times the distance. Uh, and then we are going to um, basically run Five back-to-back ultra marathons from Calais to Paris, uh, and basically finish in the Eiffel finish on the Eiffel Tower. But little fun fact: um, you, once we swim the Channel, you're not allowed to then spend longer than ten minutes on Calais beach. Otherwise, um, you're not supposed to be there because you haven't been through passport control. So you've then got to get back on the boat, go back to Dover, and then go back across on the ferry. Uh, so that's probably going to be a day layover just whilst obviously do you actually have to... to
0: do that. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh know, new, that? that
1: was a new thing to us. We thought we we're just gonna rock up at, uh, after a 15-hour swim, mate. I'm gonna be absolutely buggered. and having to cycle the length. Like, I don't know. There's this thing in my mind. I've just got this vision of like me. I'm doing the wetsuit and then putting my running gear on and then just off I go. But
0: yeah,
1: um, yeah, that's not gonna happen, mate. You've got to get back on the boat, go back across, and then go back through passport control, get on the ferry, and then obviously head over to uh, Cali. And, oh, yeah, <laughs> and then it'll be hundred. Then at the at the moment, I'm like, now nah, that's 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 not good because i want to go but i know then i'm gonna yeah, look, it'll be good i'm, I'm, I'm gonna oh, thank god for the rest in the recovery and then basically we're going to look to run circa 30 to 35 miles a day for five days um yeah from calais to paris and then that's pretty much going to be it so um, yeah that, that that's the that's the endeavor i think we're looking at the moment dependent upon layovers and stuff like that uh kind of 14 to 17 days in total um Yeah, just because the logistics more so than anything else. So uh, yeah, dude, it'll. um, It's crazy, man. Be an experience, that's for sure.
0: And and see, the funny thing is, I was actually having this conversation with my mum today. I went out a walk, mum today. She just came and met me, like literally right before this podcast, and we were talking, and we were talking about like, like beliefs, like just like how you do things, and so many people talk, and they would go like, like I'm not saying I'm not like that is an immense amazing thing but I don't see it as unachievable at all. I totally see it as something that's like, fuck, I would love to do something like that. Like that's the way, however, a lot of people listening will be like, what the fuck? And I am as well. Like it's a mental, mental, it's an impressive feat. But at the same time, the only thing that when it comes to doing these things, it's just about thinking big, isn't it? Like it's, it's just in the conversation I was having about my mom was just saying that like they have a really successful, they they rent out a lot of properties and stuff and, But like they just see it as normal because and it's that sort of thing. Like the more you succeed, it just seems less like succeeding as well. And it's why you have to go bigger and bigger. And I remember I used to actually think like I used to just look up to folk and want to be this person. And and now I am that person I always wanted to be, but now I want to look bigger and bigger. And it's just that sort of bit in the middle you need to be at, like sort of grateful, but then like unsatisfied, isn't it? That sort of like to move forward but grow. But the funny thing is. You like when you said like in 2018 when you decided to do that of Groats to um, Land's End that would have been that was a big big jump from going for nothing man it definitely is but like you you then talking about this that would have been a big an even bigger jump then it wouldn't have been un- undoable but the only reason you've got to that point is through doing these things and I've and I know this is like a large scale and it's probably it needs to be relatable to people but the thing is you need to understand that like anyone listening if they've done anything like think back six months a year ago in your fitness journey and you'll be going like that remember the thing that was a massive milestone and i'm not trying to shit on your parade and, and say it's not but it will be nothing compared to what you think now because your steps are so much bigger i was actually just talking about this on my stories before the podcast as well like had a lot of things in my head and it's and i've personally and i think you'll be able to relate to this as well joe like how what does it do for your mindset does it how does it make you feel in regards to like doing all these different things does it make you it makes me feel pretty fucking unstoppable so that's the
1: absolutely i think it humbles you i think it allows you to really start to explore these different emotions and i think now in a world whereby uh we are so engaged but disengaged like doing something like this really gives you the opportunity just to say look inwardly and uh, again it does really start to allow you to think i think i think that's it more so than anything else it's like what does it it just gives you the opportunity to ask yourself better quality questions and i think that in itself then gives you the opportunity to then start explore different explore different different avenues and it does build that confidence it builds that kind of resilience it does show you that you are capable of so much more than you think you are um and it's amazing the weird and wonderful things that a you think about and also be the weird and wonderful things that you do just to get through uh, what are the next steps that I need to take and how does that then apply to every other aspect of life? But yeah, like you talked about thinking big, like our ethos is think big, act small. So like how can we now think big, but act small? So, you know, that is think big is the great Euro triathlon, which is basically what we call it. Act small is basically how can we just continue to put one foot in front of the other, one pedal in front of the other, and one stroke after another, that's going to keep us building that momentum, you know? And I think that's what it comes back down to. And that's where confidence is built. Um, and I think that's the simplest, most easily digestible way for your brain to process what you need to do. Because if you think at that level and where you're not, and all the distance and the whatever it else it'll be like you your Iron man like if you think yeah, I've got another 14 hours to go or 13 hours to go as soon as you jump into that water then you're almost kind of fighting a losing battle instead of just thinking how can i just get to that first boy or how can i just get to that first marker and exactly the same applies with anybody if that's your first k whether that first 5k whether that's you know your own body transformation journey that you're now going through it's not about where you're going to get to because the goalposts are always going to move once you get there it's going to be the journey the process that you're going to go through uh, exactly what you talked about with regards to the process focus that's going to allow you to Learn the greatest amount about yourself, rather than actually the getting to the end goal, as it were. Yeah,
0: no, it's so true, and that's what I always say to clients when you break things down into smaller parts. And I maybe set someone like a 90 to goal, and they're like, "No way!" But obviously, from your experience, where that person's at, you know, fine, well, that they can. But it's just the fact that they've never created that sort of momentum. And then it's not until you put down, "This is all you need to do," these processes, focus on them. And then it's like two weeks in, they're like, holy shit, this is going to happen. And it's like because you've just reverse engineered things and pulled it back the way instead of looking at, as you said. And I've done that in an event. I've done that on even a training run. Last week I went out and this was Saturdays. It was maybe a four-hour ride, albeit I did drink like, eight cans on friday night and i was definitely feeling it on saturday morning more more than i usually would and it definitely threw me off and it was my first weekend in the house and i got up and i just wasn't in the zone and the minute i went out on my ride all i could think about was finishing it was the worst thing you can do it is the worst because all you're thinking about is counting back looking at your clock going and i never do that and it's and people do that as well with like physique you know, they go into the gym for the first time and they're looking for their biceps after the first session do you know what i mean and you're like no, it's the compound effect of everything that you're doing. So to give folk a, a bit of an idea as well, and I'm obviously interested to see this, like to hear this, what does a sort of week of training look like? Uh, So at the moment, it honestly,
1: uh, we're working towards a bit of a half Ironman at the moment. So uh, initially, like training frequency was looking around kind of nine sessions per week when we first um, kind of started on this kind of journey and process. And what we were looking at there was kind of like bike, swim, run. Frequency was like six times per week and then three resistance sessions. That's been now kind of brought down just because obviously the volume of sessions is now monumentally increased um and what we're now looking at at this present moment in time is i give myself a bit of bandwidth because again coming back down to the whole the mastering the body business brain and balance thing like sometimes if work and business and life is absolutely crazy um and then i go and train like an absolute madman um then fundamentally the systemic stress the allostatic load and the fatigue that's going to then create and the impact that's then going to have not in the short term but in the long term is going to be monumental so i give myself some bandwidth so pretty much like five to seven sessions a week is basically what it's looking at at this present moment in time um And yeah, the volume is now starting to ramp up. We've got obviously the brick sessions now that we're starting to uh, do. So for example, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a hundred K ride and a 10 K run. But this is really just kind of like the bread and butter at the moment. So we're going to do a training half Ironman, um, Next month, And then we're going to do a full Ironman in October, run a marathon in October, Um, again, just from a training perspective. Um, And then we are going to be looking at as we go into like October, November, December, we'll be looking at probably like three, four hour training sessions, um, six days a week, or like three days on one day off, uh, which are then going to really start to ramp up a lot. So at the moment, it's just trying because it's still not until September 2022. So we've got more than 12 months at the moment. It's trying to find that balance. Between not trying to go all guns blazing and go absolutely all out, Um, and then obviously you're trying to operate at that high threshold for a long period of time, and obviously stress on your body. Yeah. So we're just trying to now kind of regulate and manage uh, that accordingly and appropriately, and especially where uh, like work is, where family life is as well, and like taking these things into consideration. Um, Like I am not a. I'm not a triathlete. I'm not a powerlifter. I'm not a business owner. I'm not, you know, I, I'm everything. So like fundamentally, how can I now make sure that I'm going to be the very best that I can possibly be in all of those. So it's just a case of yeah, how can I now, um, strategize and put all the pieces of the, p- uh, the puzzle together. So yeah, at the moment, make five to seven sessions a week. Um, and yeah, the volume will be, will be ramping up. We're going to do a half man yeah. In a month's time, uh, just as a training, gig and then uh, it will start to kind of build build from there which will be uh which will be cool but it's probably going to be like a year out is when it's going to really start to get yeah. pretty tasty um and it's going to really start to get a little bit gnarly and uh and uh, and pretty monumental so yeah at the moment just trying to manage that accordingly and uh, not trying to put too much pressure on it otherwise it'll create that disengagement and uh, also there's a line between keeping you kind of stimulated and enjoying it and also challenged um, mm-hmm and then also disengage. So we're just trying to make sure that we're not pushing
0: that too much. That's probably the hardest part, man. It's this, and I was talking to one of my clients about this the other day, obviously doing the actual Euro, what was it called? Sorry again, Joe. Right. The, the great Euro try. Yeah, the great Euro try, like doing that is going to be an impressive feat, but it's the it's the 18 months prior to it that's the impressive part. Do you know what I mean? That's what, when I read Voss Edgley's book talking about the great British swim, you realize that that was his entire life building up to that. It wasn't just, the and it's like obviously then the structure of training but it's i think sometimes that was one of the things. it's good that you're doing it with mark as well and doing a lot of training with him because the one thing i've found is it gets very lonely going out and doing like big rides or runs on your own you are just a about like bored like <laughs> i'm actually bored doing this and then it's that's usually the hardest part isn't it it's the because you're not you're not you obviously have interval sessions and things like that but at the end of the day you're not going to be out caning yourself for three hours on your bike, four hours on your bike. You're just out building up time in the saddle, building up conditioning, building up time in the water, and that's the hardest part because people sometimes think that. I spoke to a client a while ago and they were talking about Ironman training. He's like, "Oh, do you do like three half men in a week and all that?" And I was like, "No, it's not like that. It's just building up time in each thing and then stacking things and doing it and then then you do it on go time and you're just building up an element of conditioning that's going to allow your body to that because. Attempting three ultra five ultra marathons after all that stuff would just be that alone. Would your your tendons and ligaments just could not take that? You would just it would just ruin you. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I think a lot of people do that with fitness things sometimes. I was talking to a client about this yesterday, and I was saying the impressive thing is never just running a marathon, the impressive thing is running a marathon and finishing at the end in a great time and not being fucked. Mm -hmm. That's it's not the actual like me and you would both know that we could go out and run a marathon probably today, but I don't know about you, but I can't imagine you're going to be at peak condition for marathon pace. are you? It's like, and people don't understand that. Sometimes it's not just that it comes a point where you're only ever fit for purpose, but just because someone can go out and I see this quite a lot when people are new to running, when they just start thinking it's all about smashing up miles and miles and miles and you're like, but then you see that it's like the person's ran a 12 minute mile for a marathon like a bag of dicks, and then they can't walk for a week. Do you know what I mean? Like, that doesn't, to me, that's not impressive. To me, you see someone run a sub 330 marathon and they look comfortable at the end of it. That's impressive because you know they've done the work in order to get to that point. And it's obviously both are like, if someone goes out and they haven't ran before and they run a, a marathon, it's like, that's pretty impressive that they have persevered four to five hours of pain to do that. But at the same time, it's as you, like, as we're talking about there, you want to be able to do it. And finish it you want i can't imagine you have a smile on your face after that Well, oh, you will but you'll be in tatters man but it'll be great but um no mate, it's impressive and that was i was really interested to hear about that as well because it gives you obviously a bit of confidence in what you're doing as well so interesting so um kind of moving on to the actual point uh what we we're talking about there and uh, what we, you've came on for this is all part of it as well do i want to hear about that and i want other people to hear about it because when I see these things, I know how inspiring it is. And I know that when other people listen into these podcasts, it also it's that's all part of it as well. Hearing someone else's journey to make you realize and, and do it in such a relatable way that delivers value. So one of the parts I wanted to come on to is like talking about energy. And I know that you help coaches specifically and coaches tend to be highly driven, ambitious people, especially coaches that are willing to invest in themselves and they want to get the best sort of body, brain and business and, and lifestyle that they can have. What would you say to, where do you think most people trip themselves up? And this is just for Joe blogs. This isn't just specifically for coaches, Joe. Where do you think most people trip up when it comes to optimizing their energy for the day?
1: Yeah, dude, hundred percent. So I think kind of, I could break this down into kind of like three or four key principles. I think number one, you don't just have energy. I think there's a lot of people that have this perception of like, I should just have energy. Uh, But If you think about now a power plant, a power plant doesn't have energy, it generates energy. Um, So you're now exactly the same. So, how do I now generate energy? A lot of people think they get out of bed and they should have energy. They should go to a meeting, they should have energy. They should go to the gym and they should just have energy. Instead of now thinking you don't have energy, you generate it. So, you generate energy through intent. You generate energy through better quality questions. You generate energy asking yourself, what am I doing and why am I doing this? What is the purpose of this? So, like, how can you now make sure that what you're now doing has a greater meaning and a greater purpose and a greater why that is going to be a higher driver for you? So, what is your infinite purpose? Why are you here? What are you doing all of this for? Why are you now going to the gym? Uh, again, above and beyond looking and feeling better. Why? And again, question yourself more so on that. And um, fundamentally, yeah, how can you now set that intent with everything that you, you do? So whether it's now coming onto a podcast, whether it's now having dinner with the family, whether that's now going from a work meeting to the gym, it's like giving yourself the opportunity just to take 60 seconds, just to ask yourself, right, okay, when I leave this room and I go into this room, what do I need to let go of? Who do I need to be? What type of energy do I need to bring? How do I want to feel after this? How do I want that individual to feel whilst they're in my presence? Um, and that just allows you then to center your um, focus um and your kind of reticular activating system and it's going to allow you to then start to channel um these thoughts and these feelings to more kind of who you now know that you need to be and exactly what's required of you because often we carry around all this baggage of like work stress goes into the gym gym and it not maybe going the way in which we like it to we've had a crap session or a poor training session then comes home and then goes into a negative kind of relationship When you're having dinner with a partner, whatever it might potentially be, you're there, you're not really there, you're not happy, you're disengaged, you're still worrying about X, Y, or Z. So just that ability to think about, I don't have energy, you generate energy through better intention, asking yourself better quality questions, and now thinking about this infinite purpose. What am I doing this for? Because from a selfish perspective, it's not enough. So you need to think about the selfless uh, drivers behind it, which is then going to hold you to that higher standard. So I think that's number one. Number two, I'd say most people try to manage time uh, instead of trying to manage energy. Uh, because they try to micromanage every single hour of the day, because they've got all these things that they could be doing, should be doing, need to be doing. And then basically what they do is they basically fuck up their future self, um, for want of a better word, because what they do is then they're going to go, right, tomorrow, I'm going to do this. 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 I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And then they basically fill their entire diary and schedule with all this stuff. And then their future self gets to tomorrow and they're like, oh, fuck. For- like they don't get a minute, they get overwhelmed, they procrastinate because they've now got all this stuff to do. They haven't been able to manage their energy in terms of, okay, when do you actually feel at your best? When are you your worst? What are high energy tasks? What are low energy tasks in your life? How can you start to marry and match those up a little bit more? And then also, how can you put in anchor points, which is usually going to be white space, that's now going to give you the opportunity just to recharge and renew so you can think you're more like a battery rather than thinking, I just need to keep going and I'm going to be like a desktop computer that's just got all these tabs open all the time. So think about what anchor points are now going to serve you, what restores you, what renews you. It might be listening to some music. It might be now stroking your dog for five minutes. It now might be going out for a walk for five minutes. It now might be uh, listening to a podcast and Audible for five minutes, doing some breath work, doing some meditation. It might just be literally sitting there and thinking and having a cup of coffee. It might just you know renew you and give you some thinking time. So um, what are the what are the charge points that you now have throughout the day that are just going to restore you and renew you and recalibrate you that are almost going to be like anchors? that are going to keep your energy in a better place, because that's what we need to do. Blast and cruise, not think I need to be constant all the time. And then, yeah, start to think, when is my energy at my best? When is it, it is worse? What takes up a lot of my energy and a lot of creativity and what doesn't? And how can I start to marry those up? So I think that's absolutely huge. And then final thing that I would say, I could go on for eight hours um, with regards to this stuff. The final thing that I'll say is like, um, put your protective armor on. Because the reality is in the external world now, there's so much shit, there's so much noise, there's so much negativity, there's all these external things, you've got all these roles and responsibilities, you get pulled from pillar to post, you've got all these different challenges from day to day, I use it in the context of a coach, you're a coach, you're an athlete, you're a business owner, uh, you've got relationships, you've obviously then got systems, finance, admin, you've got all these different things going on, the same will be for everybody listening here, like your life isn't getting easier, life is getting harder because you're piling more roles and responsibilities and duties and things in. Uh, To what you now have to do. And often, uh, negativity, social media, people, the news, all these different things can distract you and can basically be like a leech and can drain you. Um, And you now need to think also internally what is the thing that keeps you at your absolute best? So, how can I serve myself to my greatest capacity today? And if you're not currently doing those things, what are you basically um, deciding is more valuable? than protecting you and protecting your energy right now that you're putting at a higher priority that is stopping you from doing that. So again, that's going to be your sleep. That's going to be your food. That's going to be your training. That's going to be your going out and walking. That's going to be the things that you enjoy to do. And all those little anchor points that I just spoke about a minute ago that are going to renew you and recharge you. So put your protective armor on. Who do you need to get rid of in your life? Who do you need to stop following on social media how do you need to start to eradicate and stop all this external noise what do you need to say no more to and how do you now need to protect and look after and safeguard you with the things that you know keeps you at your absolute best and how do you now make that an absolute priority um, each and every day which is now going to be absolutely key and absolutely huge so there's kind of three kind of quick principles that is centered around kind of like optimizing energy that hopefully will be a little golden nugget
0: yeah no like that was one of the things I remember it was a big turning point with my own coaching was talking about energy. And I'd done a presentation at it on, on it at a pharmaceuticals plant the other week, just on um, Microsoft Teams. Obviously, they can't do in-person ones right now. And, it was, and I basically just captioned it, energy breeds energy. And I was like, you need to understand that your actions every single point throughout the day are what generate your momentum for the day. And I was even using the example that even people listening to this podcast today, it's a high energy podcast, they will be getting the effective energy, they'll be thinking they might be doing it when they're out walking. And if they are doing it, I can guarantee they'll be doing it with a big smile on their face because they're creating momentum. We're not relying on things like rolling out of bed, going for a cup, co- going and getting a coffee, reaching for a can of Monster first thing in the morning. That's not because you're doing things that are actually, you think are actually stimulating energy, but you're actually doing it the complete wrong way. You need to be looking at the things in your life that protect your energy. And it's something I talk about frequently. And something I talk about is obviously cleaning out your social media. And I didn't realize that I'm talking about all the time, but not actually doing it. And the other day I done it because I actually found myself, it was like, I think it was like two weekends in a row where i just seen stuff. And it it was from other fitness professionals as well being very negative and it stuff that they were saying was sitting with me and I just remembered actually having that conversation again a conversation I was having my mom today saying that out on a deep, deep deep conversation talk with the dog today and I was talking about that saying that god you, you really can't let things sit with you because it just destroys the rest of like I, that was a full I remember like something that a few weeks ago and I just got so upset by it like just sitting there raging at it and I was like why am I doing this Like there's absolutely no point in doing it. And it just loses your focus in other areas. And as you said, you need to look at optimizing your day. And I think that's the big mistake that people make when it comes to actually looking at improvement. They look at exercise and that's it. Do you hear people say statements like, I've had a really stressful day at work. I'm just going to go and take it out in the gym. (laughs) That's probably not one of the best things to do. And it's a common statement that people say all the time. And I do get it when people say they go out and they release. But you need to be looking at why you, why if this is a common theme, why are you finishing work every single day feeling like that? Is it because you get up and snooze your alarm? Is it because you go to bed at midnight and you stay up on your phone? Is that not really why you're stressed at work or is it just you're getting, you think it's because you're getting pissed off at the person that sits next to you, but the reality is you're self-sabotaging yourself that hard that that person shouldn't really annoy you that much, but you're blaming it on that person and then going, I'll just go to the gym and smash it out. So all you're doing is just putting like a wee plaster on it and not actually correcting anything. And this is the sort of matrix that people get stuck into this cycle of not actually fixing or creating or solving the problem, but just dressing it up. And I'm not saying don't exercise. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying there is a lot more going on in the other 23 hours in the day that you should be focusing on. Do you know what I mean? Like That's the big thing there. Yes, you should. Yeah. yeah um so yeah um i thought that was a good add-on to that as well and i love all the points there man so it sounded like it was literally like i was like did you literally just record that and hit play it was epic (laughs) and um yeah so um one of the things as well coming on to i always say environment dictates like who you surround yourself with you were talking about it a bit there what's your sort of top three tips on setting up your environment to win like homework, who you're with, like sort of top three sort of golden. Cause I can imagine you talked to a lot of fit pros about this in regards to making sure that your day's in a great place.
1: Yeah. I think fundamentally mate, this comes back down to um, like your ability to ask yourself better quality questions. Like, so I think this is the biggest and the most important thing is like, listen, you can set your environment up and you can have a clean desk and you can have a diffuser and you can do all these different things and you can leave your phone in a different room and like all these different things you can now go and do. But ultimately, it's going to come down to like your ability to fundamentally ask yourself better quality questions, which is going to then fundamentally give you the opportunity to then start explore, um, kind of actually, right? Okay, why is this important? What do I now need to do? And what do I now need to focus my uh, intentions on? So, I think the first thing that I'd say is like when I think about like kind of like work or life or home or whatever it might potentially be, from like the environment dictates performance. I think that the first thing you need to look at is right. Okay, well, um, what questions are you asking yourself? Um, and how can you then start to look at those and then start to look at actually, um, what does my best look like today? So what I would basically just say is like three kind of quick power questions that I would just get everybody to ask themselves is like, how am I serving myself to the best of my ability today? Appreciating and realizing that your best today is going to look best, the best, from tomorrow, from the next day, from the day before, whatever it might potentially be. Sometimes your best today is you're going to go out and you're going to smash a PB and you're going to do this. You're going to run through brick walls. You're going to feel incredible. You're going to feel amazing. Your best tomorrow might be doing the minimum effective dose and not really doing an awful lot. Uh, And it might be centered around recovering hard and spending time with the family or doing whatever it might potentially be. So how am I serving myself to the best of my ability today? Number two would be how am I serving those closest to me, to the best of my ability today. So what does that now look like? So then that's going to ultimately dictate your actions more so than anything else. Um, And again, some days that's going to be huge delivery. Some days that's not going to be an awful lot. And then finally, for me, it's like, what can I do today that my future self will thank me for? So fundamentally something that I'm going to see, an R, not going to see an ROI on right away today or tomorrow, but I'm going to see an ROI on in three, six, 12 months time. Uh, what's that thing that I'm now planting and sowing the seed? So I think that'd probably be like the first big thing to kind of really take into consideration, probably more so more so than anything else. And then I think the second thing is like, what is the thing that gets you into a state of focus or into a state of flow? So like, for example, coming onto this podcast, it's like, um, how do I now need to set this intent How do I now need to set this focus? What are the little triggers that I now have that are fundamentally going to allow me to come and deliver like this? Yeah, because I don't walk around like 24 hours a day like this. Um, Otherwise, I think my missus would probably lock me in the shed. Um, (laughs) I I space it your ability then to be able to look at, right, okay, what are the things you do? Again, what, what are the questions that you ask? Maybe it might be a little bit of music, might be a little bit of movement and whatever it might potentially be. But it's this ability to get into a state of uh, like focus and flow. And there's an incredible guy called Stephen Kotler and, and Stealing the Fire, which is an incredible book. And um, he's also done a podcast um, as well, which is great. And it's all about yeah, getting into that state of flow where you know, in that moment you can't think about anything else because you're so ingrained in what you're currently doing. And it's how can you start to experience more of those things? um and how can you get into a state of flow so everyone who's probably been running whilst for the first 10 minutes running is terrible you almost get into that state of flow the rhythm and the music and you all of a sudden you just feel like you're in it and you get this runner's high so that's almost like a state of flow or it might be like when you've been on a task or you've done something it might be like painting or whatever it is you don't realize the time because you've been so focused on what that is so you need to start to think about then what are those things that give you that high level of creativity and that high level of focus that get you into that state to then fundamentally perform at your absolute very best. And again, in my opinion, that comes down to questioning. And that'll also then come down to some of the little triggers that you know that you need to um, have in your life that are going to basically allow you then to almost kind of act. And I think that's probably the most important thing. And probably giving yourself less to do than actually more to do by giving yourself more like kind of white space in your diary, um, blank space in your diary, just to give you that opportunity, just for you to actually have the freedom to be able to actually think um rather than just being bombarded and overwhelmed because of the stress and the pressure and this emotional volatility that we'll be operating from because we're running around at 100 miles an hour so that would probably be like three things i would look at there dude that um yeah would be
0: powerful yeah that's what i do before like like the same before any sort of call my clients or as you said like some people always say that to me you get so much energy i'm like I'm not it's not like you're acting but at the same time you're bringing the energy because you know what it does like I've already said and you know that you have to show up and I have the same process before a podcast I sit like just in the room come in I'm now I stood up desk I've got my, my stand-up desk recently which I'm buzzing about Get a glass of water just look over my notes that I've been talking about think about the process it's going to go on and there has been the odd time where I do just jump onto one because I've been rushed and I'm a bit flip, uh, all over the shop but what people will probably notice in the podcast as well is this the state of flow as you referred to as the podcast gets like 10 minutes in it starts to flow and you'll know that as well from actually having your own podcast as well joe where you just start actually going into that state of doing things and i do it for i've got different sort of rituals before each thing but before an actual event or race i just literally don't talk to anyone like i am just literally stood see if it's a I run or something I'm about to do. I just stand and I just like, just literally kick my legs. I'm just getting in that zone because it's important to do that. And I speak to clients about this before. um, Vicki, she'll laugh listening to this because she'll be listening to it back. When we were in the gym like last year, I used to go like that, like when she was strong as hell. And I was like, you need to get in the zone before you lift because it's like you need to be in that state where you're going to, because you're now getting to a level where you're strong. You're not going to just get away with flumping it under the bar and then just taking it off and going into a set you need to get into that state of i'm i'm lifting a lot of weight here i'm going to do this and that's a transition that i've helped a lot of clients go through as well in regards to training intensity and event it's like get into the zone because you're going after it like when someone's going out to hit a 5k pb i'm like right prepare for pain for the next 25 sub 25 minutes whatever you're going for prepare for pain get into that state of mind because it then allows you to set your environment up to win, and exactly as you said that's the sort of answer I was looking for as well because you can do all these different things to a clean desk having all these different things to allow you to be in a good state but at the same time you need to be making sure that everything that you're doing you're as I said already you're not self-sabotaging you're not waking up and rolling out of bed and destroying like just doing everything, then blaming your power at your work that you hate because like you're saying that they're they drain the energy out of you, but you're like, no, you drain the energy out yourself by how everything goes about your day as well. So no mate, um that is exactly the response I wanted there for that. It was class. There was one more thing that I wanted to add into it. What was the three points that you said and within that there was something I was going to add on to it. Asking yourself better quality questions. Yeah. Your ability then to get focus and flow by kind of
1: you know, like setting in by setting intent. Yeah. Uh, which was which was then kind of the main thing. And then mate, I can't remember what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I, was in such a, I was in such a state of focus and flow, mate, that i i No, been, I know there was there there something. the last thing that I, that I can't remember the last uh, the third thing. <laughs> people going like, I know what you said, and then we are scrolling back. Uh yeah, asking yourself better quality questions, focus, focus and flow, and kind of getting into that um state of. <laughs> um, yeah be, being kind of yeah very intentful in, in the decisions that you're now making I oh, mean I can't remember what was the last I I No, I can't
0: either the folk will be laughing listen to mate, this it's gone it's yeah, gone I
1: have been in a state of flow mate you yeah, just, just carried
0: it away it. yeah it just shows you none of this is scripted guys it's literally all <laughs> all in a whim um, anyway mate Um, that's just coming to the end anyway man I just want to thank you very much for obviously coming on Joe and just before we obviously shoot like what's what's next for you mate what's the plans for the future I was like hearing what, what's happening what's with business, training, obviously you've got the um great british tri- euros not uh, literally great <laughs> euro triathlon great british euro world triathlon
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> another great euro try i mean i think the big thing for me mate is just enjoying growing expanding and exploring what i now believe is really truly capable of capable um across body business brain and balance how can i be the very best that i can possibly be how can i fail forward fast how can i seek a uh, challenge and uh how does that now allow me to grow and be- become better and how does that now allow me to improve like fundamentally make my Infinite purpose is to be able to help uh coaches uh grow and expand and explore what they believe is possible uh by raising personal professional standards and helping them become unstoppable in all aspects of life, which then is a byproduct is going to help them impact, transform, and change more lives. So everything that I now do is centered around how do I need to turn up and how can I be the best that I can be um, in order for them me to be able to deliver that in terms of that purpose and that mission that I now have. So uh, for me, mate, like. you always have goals and targets and everything else that you now set but uh, the reality is for me mate like you've talked about before like there is absolutely no end it's just about how can i continue to explore expand and enjoy uh whatever's next and just knowing that i'm trying my absolute very best to put my best foot forward um, in whatever that might potentially be. So that's kind of, uh, I think the main thing at the moment. More it's so the,
0: best, it's like, the best answer I've had when I ask anyone that mate, I love that. Um, I actually remember what I was saying uh, right before it. So you we were talking about planning, looking at your week. And one of the things that I just wanted to add in before we literally go um, was when I plan my week now, I'm really selfish. Like I look at like, obviously my clients are my priority. But first, one of the changes I've seen is I just look at, because I've got a high volume of training, plug training in around things like podcasts, clients, check-in stuff. And that then allows me to then go, as you were saying there about booking in, I can then go, no, I can't do that today. That's the one of the sort of takeaways I wanted to add into that. And it's exactly what you were saying there. People will go, my god that's a high volume of training you do it you wouldn't like stack in your week full of work then go right and put training there, there like you'll have an idea of both you'll know where things go and it allows you to do that as well because people do here people like me and yourself that are doing endurance feats have businesses that are literally growing and scaling how do you do it and you're like you just need to as you said put in the parts that are important and then also remember that you need to be doing things as well that's good for you your family putting that stuff first as well because i think it is quite cliche when people talk about like all the stuff we've been talking about but there's been massive mention of family like making sure that you're there because i think sometimes when you are trying to develop yourself in fitness and business that can sometimes get forgotten about and it's crazy and it's one of the things that needs to be kept as a priority man so no, um thank you very much for coming on and guys um if you have loved the podcast if you haven't still screenshot it, literally tag us both in it. Get it onto your stories on Instagram and Facebook because obviously we spread the message and it spreads the message more. And if you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts, make sure you rate it as well. I'd appreciate that. But Joe, thank you very much for coming on me. It's been an absolute blast. Likewise, mate. An absolute pleasure. Thank you.